Welcome, welcome, one and all, to another exciting episode of Maine Education Matters, your number one source for information and extremely mediocre analysis of education legislation and policy analysis in Maine. We listen so you don't have to. My name is Matt. And my name is Julie. Julie, we have another busy show today. We are going to review what happened on March 3rd in the committee, which they had a morning of work session of uh, three bills. Then they had some public hearings of four of the bills on March 3rd. We're going to then jump ahead and do a preview of March 8th and of March 12th. Uh, two public two days of public hearings coming up, and of course we'll end with some shout outs and maybe some smackdowns. There will be one smackdown today. Oh, see, see, folks, that's a teaser. Mm-hmm. I am excited. I don't know what it is. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, let's get into it with the work session on March the third. Uh, one of the first ones that came up. LD seventy. The intent was to make it easier for parents. The intent was parents, you know your kids the best, you um, have seen their learning this year and you know whether or not they should go on to the next grade. So we're going to make it easier for you, sign your name on this simple letter and the administrator has to listen. Yes, yeah, this was presented by Representative Fechtel of Augusta and co-sponsored by a bunch of other folks, quote, an act to allow a parent or guardian of a student who has been affected by COVID-19 to keep the student in the student's current grade level. Um, the work session for this, yeah, like, like you said, you know, COVID sucked. COVID sucks. And it's been terrible for so many kids. Um, so parents are not the, and I heard this word, quote, functional authority. They do not have the functional authority over um, over their students in, in schools. And um, that was the pre- prevalent or predominant argument for this particular bill. I was very impressed with the legislators and how they responded to the testimony, how they drew on past experience and said, we have practices and procedures in place. And, you know, Jeanette Kirk, um, also talked about how it's it's best when this is a team effort, and mm. then they brought in Mike Burnham from MPA, really wanting to know. Okay, seems to be an elephant in the room that maybe some parents would take advantage of this for sports, wanting their kids to have an extra season so that they could get that Division One scholarship. And so Mike came in and and gave his his two cents. So. Yeah, and I would. Um, I also just wanted to point out that um, Steve Bailey from Maine School Management uh, came out and was really did, did something that I think the committee really needed to hear and talked about that it's not necessarily learning loss so much, but that its students are where they are. Oh, I loved that. Yes. Right. Yes. And that was one of those moments that I think the committee needs to keep on hearing is that it's, there's not a thing called loss it's or gaps or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's that the students are where they are and the system needs to adjust to meet them. They don't, they, because they don't fit into our, we can't just say, well, they don't fit in. So now we have to do all this other stuff. No, no, we can, we can adjust what we already have. 
Um, we have our systems are malleable. Um, so I was very happy to hear that. I will say this: I there were several cringe moments for me where, where you were afraid it wasn't going to go the direction that no go? no no where I sat there and listened to some of the language being used and I literally cringed because I heard people or some folks who were arguing for this committee say things like disabled students Ooh. and that was one of those like you're just, I, I I was I was horrified because it just it puts the, the onus on the disability instead of the person that's there. And it's a, it's a person who lives with something. We all live with stuff. Um, so I hope that the education committee, maybe the legislators can take a little bit of a lesson in learning about that a person is not defined by their exceptionality or by whatever it is that they're dealing with. Good, if I was defined by like general anxiety, depression and awesome hair, I mean, that would just be kind of great but it's like that's not how i'm defined i'm defined by i don't know how i'm defined we'd basically I, be twins if that was the case matt so anyways i would be okay with that all right so how did this end up this after all the discussion after all the, all of the debate all this stuff it was unanimously ought not to pass as it should be 100 percent said yeah uh thanks but no thanks I couldn't, I, I mean, Representative Fecto, he fought hard. I almost could envision some parents chirping in his ear of why he was so passionate. I mean, there's always a backstory, right, to how these um, things get forwarded. So kudos to him for representing his his people, but the the right result came through. I was very happy with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I agree that we have processes for this. We have procedures for this. and. Um, I, I'm gonna, I might say something a little bit controversial, whereas parents are the ultimate arbiters of their kids. Yep, they are. They're also not, educate, all, all not educational professionals and don't necessarily know the full spectrum of what happens in a school and of a student's um, academic journey. Yes. And so I would prefer to, I mean, I, I believe putting it out in the hands of those professionals and those experts, just like, you know, if I have a, a medical need, I'd wanna go to a doctor than opposed to someone who does say leeches. On that note, um, <laughs> LD261 was the next discussion. It was LD261A resolved directing the Department of Education to study truancy trends in the state and to develop recommendations for increasing student attendance and reducing truancy uh, presented by Representative Roberts out of South Berwick. And I know there was an amendment. Was the amendment more than including chronic absenteeism as part of that? That's, from what I remember, that's all it really was. It was just, it was okay. not looking at just truancy, but looking at the whole, the whole picture. And I, yeah, yeah, that's right. So we have a common language. We have a common vocabulary term that we are going to introduce for our podcast. Sure. I had not heard this before, and maybe you can explain it, but I experienced my first corner caucus. Oh, the corner caucus. Yeah. The corner caucus. Yes. So that, that's where they go off and they talk in their own political parties and they come back after, and decide if they want to change their opinions or come up with some kind of strategy about how to move forward. Yeah. It's yes. Kind of a neat little thing. 
but only one party caucused. Yep. The other party, I'm assuming because they knew they didn't have the numbers, they just said, yeah, it would be nice to talk with you, but I'm just going to hang out here and wait. Right. It is in the corner caucuses where a lot of shenanigans can also happen. Because that's where, going back to why Matt and we all started this podcast beginning, the proficiency-based diploma bill, when it got all changed, that's where it got changed, in that corner caucus during a work session. And it just completely adjusted away from what it was originally intended to be. So it, that's where some things, you got to watch those corner caucuses because that's where some deals might get made. So I learned two things in watching 261 yep. sort of um, go through. Um, I learned that Representative Stearns is the partisan lead. And that was a term <laughs> referred. So it's, it's good to know that he's the lead. And that makes sense because the last time I watched a work session, he had suggested that maybe they wanted to caucus. And then the other thing this brought to mind for me was just how important that organizational or institutional knowledge is. Sometimes um, people think that change is, is so necessary and that some of our experienced teachers, you know, we don't always value what they bring to the table. That's what I mean when I talk about institutional knowledge. And what this brought to mind for me was um, Representative Millette really used her institutional knowledge to push this forward, the way she handled the caucus and whatever it was that she said there. So I was, um, I, it, more and more, I find these work sessions intriguing and interesting and leaving me scratching my head sometimes, but it yeah. was interesting. Yeah, you mentioned Paul Stearns, and there was something in that work session that did stand out to me, and he did bring up a is there a need for this kind of study? We study all this stuff all the time. You know, well, back in the day, back in the 60s or the 50s, you know, it was a thing where you could expel a kid. They don't come, you just expel them. And maybe that's what the kids need, tough love. And he actually came out and said, maybe we eliminating free education as an idea we should consider. And again, another cringe moment. I was like, wait, what? Um, it was just one of those back in my day kind of thing uh, up the hill, go walk into school uphill both ways in a foot of snow with one shoe. Now and that's when it's a blessing that many times things just go over my head. Like those, it's a blessing to be kind of <laughs> naive and simple sometimes. So that was another one of them. Like, uh, did I just hear what I think I heard? But I did. And so what happened with that one was they voted on it and uh, it, it is going to be considered a divided report, but the majority voted ought to pass as amended with a minority report of ought not to pass. So explain to me again what happens with the, with that. Eight to, it was eight to five. Ought to pass yes. is the majority. So it does push forward, but does that divided report just sort of um, get more partisan involvement? So from how I remember and understand it, it is both bills will kind of go before the legislature and have to be both will have to be voted on one will be the minority report and one will be the majority report and more often than not the minority report just kind of gets just shunned aside but they still get to present their side 
So LT325, an act to expand the definition of education disruption to include states of emergency that limit students' access to online education for longer than 15 days. This was an emergency act that was pre represent, presented by Representative uh, Millette of Cape Elizabeth, a couple of other co-sponsors with an emergency preamble and five whereases. Oh, well, we love the we love five whereases. We sure do. And this bill, again, to remind you, uh, allows students who access to onset education is limited as a result of state of emergency. In other words, adding COVID as an educational disruption into the law. Uh, this one went didn't have a whole ton of discussion because they were they wanted lunch. Yes, I found that funny. Yes. And from there, they went and just said, yeah, all right, uh, what's going to happen? And they added an amendment onto this one, which made it give it a sunset clause of two years, if I remember correctly. And then it just ended up uh, as a divided report. Again, majority ought to pass as amended and the minority right. ought not to pass. The, the sunset clause, interesting in a couple ways. One, if it's only two years, I guess this is making the assumption that if kiddos who are who are struggling, you know, this year as a first year high school student or as a sophomore, um, that by the time they get to be seniors, they will have worked out the kinks from these past two years. Whereas the intent of this, I believe, was let's not sunset this until 2025, I think it was. And I liked that. I felt it left a door open for those occasions that, um, but Representative Sampson said, you know, I, I, I'll probably go through with this if you make it two instead of four years. And Representative right. Millette said, I think that's okay. Right, because they said they could always revisit it. She could always bring it back. Always bring it back. Um, so. Yeah. The, the other thing I want to sort of ask you as a, you are a former school board member. Yes, I'm a, a recovering school board member. Recovering school board member. Um, Representative Stearns was the first to speak and he said, I'm voting no because I feel there are already structural pieces in place for this. Um, he did give kudos to the rigorous application process that um, mm. is part of this. But as a recovering school board member, I'm wondering of previous experiences with school board members that there are some boards where board members would voice how they were feeling about certain budget items or certain things going on. And my board now, that doesn't seem to happen. So my question for you is how um, Representative Stearns made his so that others in his party knew where he was going. Is that typical of school boards or of this legislative experience? What are your thoughts on that, Matt Druitt card? Um, my experience as a school board member um, won't be very helpful here because my school board, when I was there, well, let's just say it was um, challenging at times. Okay. And um, I honestly don't know. Hmm. I don't have an answer for you. Wow. It just, when he said that, I it reminded me of 
um, how we in educational leadership, when we're at these school board meetings and we're trying to figure out where school board members are going, it would be helpful if rather than sort of leave it as a surprise if they would let us know which way they're leaning. But um, yeah, well, with school, I, mean, I know with school board, the only thing that we were always taught was to never or told was to never try not to read into things or to read ahead with stuff because you don't want to come in with a preconceived bias. You want to hear all the information right there in the in the in the moment in the meeting. The problem with that is that you might come up with questions and you have to make a vote on it right there and you can't necessarily do any of the not supposed to do any of the research or talking to people and so that was always a point of conflict so it's hard to know necessarily where board right. members might be coming from because they might might not be able to have that info hmm. that's where that's where i was at and I, I whether or not i listened to that advice or not i will not i will not say publicly so that concluded the work session Yep, and then we moved, they had some lunch, went down to the Cross Cafe, had some coffee and some, maybe some chips and some good fries, and then they moved into the public hearing for the afternoon and started with LD-277, an act to discontinue the use of the SAT in Maine schools, presented by Representative Brennan, and again, what it says is to prohibit the Commissioner of Education from including the use of the SAT as a method for assessing student performance in the state assessment program. The testimony of this was kind of mixed, I have to say. Um, folks like MPA, MEA were like, yep, get rid of it, it's fine. MSMA, MSBA, they were mixed. They had the board, board association was like, yeah, get rid of it. Superintendents were like, no, keep it, which was very surprising to me. I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was the boards who, the school board that wanted to keep it and. You're probably right. Well, I, I wasn't listening too closely, I'm sorry. But yeah, it was mixed. And I was just, I loved Representative Brennan's, or is it Senator Brennan? Representative. Representative Brennan, how he gave the historical context and how it was when um, the then commissioner Sue Gendron who was my superintendent when I was a teacher um, in Wyndham. And she went to China and came back and was all upset that we had to do something immediately. So it was interesting hearing that historical context. Yep. I remember when that happened. Yes. Dark days. Dark so days. what do you think will happen with 277? There's a lot of conversation about uh, the value of the SAT and whether or not you know colleges use it and you know uh, it's, it's value in other places and I don't know what's going to happen to this because it seems like that's getting swooped into and missing the point of this bill. Yeah, like this bill says it shouldn't be used as a statewide assessment program. Right. You know, and I like part of what the uh, Maine Curriculum Leaders Association testimony said was, "Hey, you want to get people to you want you want." want to support districts yeah help help them cover the costs but should we keep it as our assessment program probably not so there is a middle ground here so i'm hoping that they'll kind of start talking about that in the work session a bit more but i i honestly don't know where this is going now so i am going to predict just as um i now have a risler resolve 
I am going to predict that hero Hillary is going to come to um, come to the front at the work session. And as she reviews the testimony and all of the information about the SAT, I think she's going to work some magic in however this is supposed to um, turn out. Yeah. I think it'll be good thanks to the data analysts that I'm so impressed with. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. And she's going to Going to drop some real knowledge on these on these folks, which I'm going to love to see. A lot of testimony for 380. 380. Well, here's one thing that I have learned about the legislature. There are a couple of topics that bring the people out. There's immunizations and vaccinations, um, and there's charter schools. Every, anything about charter schools, people just kind of come out of the woodworks and say, more, 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 more. And then the ed orgs are like, hang on. Like the main education association, main principals association, main superintendents association. Um, but so uh, LD 380, an act to change the statutory cap on virtual public charter school enrollment. This was the, uh, the second or the first of two um, online charter school opportunities and choice opportunities in this particular public hearing. Presented by Representative uh, Senator Pouliot, excuse me. And this was the one to uh, change the maximum total of enrollment up to 2%. And how did the, we already kind of talked about the testimony, how it fared out. What were you seeing in the testimony? Passion, holy moly. Um, the proponents of the bill were very obviously um, just in favor of more. It benefits students. We, we, you know, we're doing some great things here for kids and families. Um, we, you know, the Charter Commission—they're a tough group, but you know, we've met their standards. We, we're following and doing what we need to do. We're reflective. We're um, so I noticed that. And then, as you said, the ed orgs, um, I did not watch the entire hearing, but there were some heated elements and Senator yeah. Daughtry had to um, step in. Yeah, there were a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Um, and there, yeah, there was a couple, of, a couple of heated things. And so like the, especially the ed orgs, kind of, the general argument from their side is, it takes money away from the local districts. You take kids away. Uh, Sen Senator Pouliot at one point said, yeah, well, if a kid moves to Florida, the kid loses, leaves anyway, which I don't understand the argument there, but if the kid moves districts, yep, the kid, you know, district loses money anyway. So, but he did then say he would possibly support if the DOE or the, the, the funding structure could maybe reimburse for that particular loss, but doesn't know how that all would, would work out in the end. Yes, I'd really like to see a middle ground because I know as a public educator that, and I love public education, don't get me wrong, but it's not right for every, it, you know, you can't oh. fit every child into our public education as much as we're trying to be innovative and reflective and full of opportunities. Um, so how, how do we, how do we find that balance so that public education doesn't have a negative impact due to subsidy 
I just want everyone to get what they need. Is that I, so much to ask? No, I, I don't think it is. I think that's the right, I think I, I agree with that question. How do we get everyone what, what they need? And um, if we had, I think if we really had both courageous educators, courageous educational leaders, courageous legislators to really be able to take the brunt and say, we're gonna restructure and reform our education system, um, there might not be a feel for a need for this other plat platform or another place to go, but we're not there yet. We're just not there as a structure and a system. And then 4.30 on school choice, I need you to recap that one for me? Sure, uh, LD430, an act to provide for school choice and online learning opportunities in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, presented by Representative Andrews of Paris. Uh, this bill just removes the limit on virtual part public charter school enrollment and the number of public charter schools that may operate. So it just, instead of making it from 1,000 to 2%, which is what the first one does, it just completely eliminates it. Oh, wow and removes the prohibition on the expansion of a virtual public charter school to serve a grade level not included in the school's charter contract. So it just makes it completely open. How much, how many um, bits of testimony were there for 440? I mean, 430. For 430, um, not many, only eight, hmm. but broke down the same, same different path. Education organizations were like, yeah, no, and people in support of charter schools and the charter school mission and and even some a little bit of little bit of uh, partisanship showing uh, I was going and to said, say we may have we may have talked about this at during our last episode that wondering if the charter school discussion is uh, party lines so this oh, is be interesting but we do not have a, yeah we do not have a work session date for those four not as of this recording no, no. there is not huh Interesting. So, uh, but I know, I know also what's, what's starting up is that the legislative sessions are starting up soon. So that's going to start adding more complications into this, into the testimony schedule, the work session schedule, etc. And they had one other bill on that day, uh, which was a cultural affairs committee, which we don't we don't discuss culture. But that was the day of March the third. Busy day at the Ed Committee. Very busy. I have a question. Do you get nervous when I ask that? You never know never. where. Never, you never because, know where I'm going. No, because the reason why I don't is because I know that if I don't know the answer, you probably already do. That's well. Thank you for giving me that credit. But um, here's my question. Sure. When I went on the YouTube, the tube of the U, and <laughs> wanted to watch the work session so that I could educate myself for our conversation. I noticed that there was a work session that Monday, so this previous Monday, but it's on budget. Why, why do we not watch those? Um, there's a very good reason why I don't watch those because anything to do with budgets and things like that gives uh, me panic attacks. And but I guess I'm just asking, is there important information that, um, I mean, I definitely don't wanna let my colleagues down and if there's helpful information or like, wh what are they talking about when it comes so, to that? So be, being, being, a, being someone who's done, who has been, you know, you've listened to this podcast a lot over the years and- Number one fan. 
I was. You, you are you are well aware that I have literally my number one expectation is that I will disappoint the people who uh, my colleagues. <laughs> I, I fully anticipate and expect disappointment for them to look at what I'm doing and say and be like, well, yeah, we expect that from him. And just to shake their head. So I'm already there. So my opinion is if I'm already there and, to, and, I, and I know the budget stuff gives me panic attacks, I'm not even going to try. It's this, it's this weird, it's weird belief that I have, which is you can't dig half a hole, right? Why no matter how I, small the hole is. Okay. I, I, I'm sorry I asked the question, but I, I, I'm sorry. You can't dig half a hole. So if you got to dig a hole, make it a hole worth digging. There's our title. I like it. I like it. You know? All right. So, well, maybe when. Maybe when Senator Daughtry invites me to have a sour with her, um, which I really hope she does sometime, yeah. I can ask her about those sessions. Or You're I all about those sours, aren't you? I really am. Jeez. Yes. All right. So we have like two minutes left, sir, and you and I could talk forever. What We have some previews. March 8th. They all seem to be under one theme. Yeah, there's a bunch that have to do with, well, speak of the devil, budgets. Uh, LD 270, an act to amend the regional adjustment index to ensure school districts do not receive less than state average for teacher salaries. Uh, this one is presented, <clears throat> excuse me, by Senator Stewart of Aroostook, a bunch of other folks. Um, and beginning in fiscal year 22-23, uh, when Commissioner Education makes the regional adjustment to the total operating allocation for each school administrative unit, the commissioner may not make an adjustment that decreases a school administrative unit's allocation for teacher and other school level staff salary costs. Got it? Sure, sure. The, okay. uh, another one on that day presented by Representative Brennan, who's again leading the league in terms of bills, uh, resolved to require the Department of Education to form a family income data collection worker group. This one's all about figuring out how are school districts determining um, family income data to get free reduced lunch numbers. Yes, I think that's good. That's a really, that's an important thing to look at. It is. How, it was, how can we support our families while, while also supporting our food service directors who, you know, a lot of our, yes. Yeah. So I yeah. hope that, I hope that goes somewhere positive. Also, you know how so many families just like, let go, don't may not even fill out the forms, right? And we you don't know, just say, like, Well, so how are we collecting those data? I think that's a really important question to ask. Um, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna, I'm skipping over one, I'm gonna come back to it. LD 566, an act to address labor market inequities in the school funding formula that's uh presented by Representative Tool of East Machias. And this bill uh has a bunch of new language in it. Uh, but beginning in 24-25, when, when uh, DOE makes the regional adjustment in the total operating allocation for each school administrative unit, the commissioner may not make an adjustment in the total operating allocation that decreases the school administrative unit's allocation for teacher and other school level staff salary costs. This one is almost exactly the same as 270. So my heart goes out to them because East Machias, Aroostook County, they must look at, you know, me in in york county close to cumberland county and and get frustrated with with how yeah. we are able to do business compared to i mean they fight they fight for everything they have everything they have everything they have um 
I want to go back to 362 for a minute because I have an idea for a better title for that or, or, or when Representative Brennan gets that to, uh, it's going to pass as amended. I'm not sure what the amendment yet is going to be. Um, and it's going to pass as amended and the title of it is going to be, there's an app for that. I, I, I love that on so many levels. <laughs> Because whereas there is an app for that, app is also short for appetizer. And we might be talking about, you know, food is lunch. And so there's an app. See? I, I, I think that there's a lot of layers we could go with this app thing. I am on uh, to something. I am are. on to something. I can't uh, wait for that work session. Whew, I think you, you might want to, to invite me. I think you need to send them an email and say, hey, I got some. I got some. Uh, I got some ideas. Things. Invite me to the work session. Let me in. And going back to Representative Brennan, we'll, we'll end our legislative discussion on LD 281. That's another one coming up there on March the 8th, um, a, an act to address student achievement gaps, which this bill adds a provision to the school funding formula to provide an additional allocation of state funding to SAUs to address student academic achievement gaps based on student race or economic status. And it does come with a fiscal note, which uh, uh, the commissioner may disperse up to $10 million annually to provide adjustments under this subsection. That'll get through appropriations, no problem. Not a problem, that'll just slow right problem. through. Go big or go home, Representative Brennan, I love it. <laughs> and the last thing I think we should, we should talk about is, is there's a couple of bills coming up on the 12th as well uh, that we need to preview since those days are gonna be right in the middle. One is LD 453 an act to establish a permanent appointment of a member of the Wabanaki tribe to the board of trustees to the University of Maine system. Yes. Done. And Not LD, yeah, I totally agree. LD 515, an act to create new models of Maine manufacturing employment and education by Representative Sylvester out of Portland. And this bill is all about figuring out ways of making sure that the University of Maine system, higher education, adult education really connects more with folks like not only higher ed, higher ed, but industry partnerships and making those real direct connections. Which reminds me of our ELE experience. I'm assuming you did educational leaders experience through MDF and UNUM. I did the educational leaders experience. Uh, I was part of the ADA class, which as everyone knows is the best class ever. Um, excuse that, me, um, excuse me. That's, I was that, that's documented, the, it's documented. Um, excuse me. I was part of the alpha class. Thank you very much. I know you're not yeah. surprised by that. Everyone knows that the, fir the, first, the first version is never the best. Right, we charted the course for you. That doesn't mean it's the best. It, 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 you might, you start it off, sure. But what everyone knows, you get going and then somewhere about, you know, 30, 40% of the way in, that's when you reach the peak and then it's all downhill from there. So that's just fact. All right, so anyway, 515 reminds me of the fabulous experience through ELE. Shout out to Carrie Olson Cartwright from Unum. Shout out to Educate Maine and all of yeah. you great people for making that happen, but the true collaborations. And I remember going on the tours to the various manufacturing sites and to Jackson Lab and thinking every teacher should have this opportunity to experience Maine industry. So. I will say that of the professional learning experiences that I've had in Maine, um, there are a few that stand out as the cream of the crop. One was going on some um, accreditation visits, uh, which was an amazing experience. Another one was learning about Twitter. 
and how effective Twitter is for professional learning. And up there as number one, two, or three is also ELE, the Education Leaders Experience. It was an amazing year-long uh, experience of just understanding the connections that need to be made. It was wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful. And Dolly, Dolly Sullivan at Educate Maine, whatnot. She helped run that thing. Love you, Dolly. Fantastic stuff going on there. Dolly wasn't there when when it was the alpha class. I'm sure I would love Dolly, but I'm just a little See? bit competitive and Dolly tried to take away my number one fandom. See? So. Here's the thing though. Here's how I know it got better. Cause it, it, you know, Dolly makes everything better. Oh, okay. I like that mantra. Okay. So that wraps up our legislative looks of things from the March 3rd work session and, and public hearings, previewing March 8th and previewing March 12th. Busy time coming up ahead. And the only thing left for us to talk about are any kind of shout outs and smackdowns that I've already heard there might be, there's a smackdown, I'm ready. There is. First, the Lady Smythe shout out goes to Representative Salisbury. She is a new member of the legislature. She is a school board member from Westbrook and Westbrook is near and dear to my heart because my in-laws grew up in Westbrook and my BFF is high school teacher at Westbrook High School. Um, who is just amazing, Mrs. Lally. But my shout out goes to Representative Salisbury because she um, she had the chutzpah to speak out when they were when LD seventy was up, and we started talking about athletics when it came to the parents wanting to request another year of school, and she voiced her concern that it always comes back to athletics. Now I'm a, an athletic girl, so. I didn't take offense to that, but what I loved about what she said as a school board member, she mentioned that we should be thinking about the social emotional success or needs of our students. And I just hats off to her for being a school board member, knowing what social emotional learning is and having the chutzpah to speak up. So shout out to her. And then my smackdown goes to Senator Daughtry's dog. Okay, just let me set the stage for you, Matt. That when I... <laughs> I, I, I need to say before we continue, Maine Education Matters does not uh, condone the activities of smacking down dogs. We we are we are fans of the canine uh, arts. Is it a thing? But but I so I just want to make sure we put that disclaimer down right now before we smack down. A dog. Oh, but sorry, but I'm with you on this. Okay, I'm. I'm. We multitask, right? We are curriculum directors. We are educational leaders. We have a hundred things going at once. So I'm on my my laptop, but I have YouTube on my phone, and the dog went berserk at one point, and I almost fell out of my chair. It scared me so much, and you know, I'm going to be fifty soon. Women and hearts, you we have to be careful. So SmackDown, and I know that the dog's name was mentioned. I am Bailey, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to get the name of that dog. I love Senator Daughtry, don't get me wrong, but SmackDown to her dog for scaring the bahoopas out of me. That's amazing. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. Well, uh, if you have any other additional kind of canine or feline SmackDowns you wanted to let us know about, um, you can let us know on Twitter where you can find the spreadsheet where we have, you can find a link to that. All of the, the bill information is up there, but you can find us on Twitter at Maine Ed Matters. 
or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Maine Education Matters. And with that, Julie, I think we're done. Always a pleasure, sir. Have a good one. Bye.